Yes, I am indeed filing a complaint about this. Your pizza delivery lady failed to meet her moral, or, dare I say, oral, obligations by not coming on to me. Surely being flirtatious and having to search for another solution when I don't have the cash to offer them a tip isn't essential. Is it not on the job description? It's not. Well, I say that is utterly ridiculous. I shall see you in course, Apache Pizza. You will be a patch of pizza once I'm through with you. Hmm. That wasn't my most elegant moment, but they deserved that doing. Oh, yes, they did. Why, hello. I didn't hear you there. <laughs> Why, hello there, and welcome to another edition of the Reginald's Movie Reviews. I hope you didn't miss me too terribly badly, my dears. My mother took my filmy equipment and laptop off me after discovering I had used her credit card to purchase a golden mankini. It all makes no sense. She said I could use it for essentials and emergencies only. That was both of those things. It's an essential because it's a golden mankini. I mean, need I explain it any further than that? And it's an emergency, because they were on sale while socks last, I mean, come on! <clears throat> Anyhow, I'm here today for a more urgent matter. We are going to do a sort of deep dive, so to speak. That's right, hold your bloody horses, okay? Instead of reviewing my latest film, Amish Step-Siblings, I'm going to dissect it, because that's really what this film requires. Call me conservative, but... I like my movies to have a simple beginning, middle, and end that goes like this. The two main characters, or maybe three, more than that is just ridiculous, meet, they hit it off, make a connection, maybe a bit of conflict, then they, well, you know, they... <laughs> you watch films, you know what I'm talking about. That's your middle. Then the end is always glorious for both the couple, or thruple, on screen, and me. Alone in my bedroom, I share with my brother Benny. He gives me the space from five to six every day, to myself. I call it happy hour. <laughs> That's how I like my movies to go. If anything else comes into play, not only am I taking off guard, but I am greatly disturbed. That's where today's film comes into play. Excitement is the only sensation I should be feeling when watching a movie. Anything else and you have completely and utterly lost me as an audience member. This film featured a use of a genre so appalling I am afraid to even say it. <sighs> Comedy. <clears throat> oh my lord, that is just awful. Right. When I am investing myself into this sort of devilishly deviant content. Ooh, that's a good one in there, actually. Will you make a quick note of that? Devilishly deviant. Hmm. When I am consuming some devilishly deviant content, I do not want any attempts made at making me laugh. This isn't a stand-up show, and I'd know. I went to a comedy club once and was brutally disappointed in the amount of clothing the performers had on. <sighs> I don't want comedy in these movies, so... Let's get into it, okay. The film has far too many alternative titles. Amish step-siblings, an Amish parody, and Amish paradise. <laughs> Follows two step-siblings growing up in an Amish village who start to develop, well, feelings for each other, to put it lightly. 
Now, is it absolutely ridiculous that these siblings are wearing regular clothes, have electricity running in their house, and are allowed to hang out in their sitting room pantsless? Yes, but a suspension of disbelief is important in storytelling, and I will forgive it all for that reason alone. However, one thing that immediately had me feeling weird, and by weird I mean soft, was the film's use the style of... Ugh! Mockumentary. Our friend made it really difficult for us. She was always just there. It got really old real quick. You know, her just being around all the time. Oh dear. Right, well firstly, why is this film trying to give Cody a sort of Jim Halpert appeal? He's not half as charming as John Krasinski. Though, then again, John never took his shirt off. What a waste of nine seasons. Not only does the interview structure used in this movie take you out of the story of the characters, their intriguing, inspiring tale of two step-siblings who truly try everything in their power to make it work, I really never tire of it, but it does not add any steaminess. Narration and cuts should only be used as a means to add steam. Its only intentions for existing are to try and make me laugh, and though I may have chuckled at Cody's horrifically bland suspenders, I was left with feeling nothing more than utter frustration all over my body. The last thing I want when consuming Oscar-worthy material, or base as they call it, is jokes. Our very next scene involves our iconic duo in the bathroom, a rather naughty location, and they remove their clothing. Now, at first I was very much invested, until something caught my eye. No, it's not what you're thinking. It was indeed the fact that they had tattoos. Amish people. Tattoos. I could forgive everything else, but that is just lazy filmmaking, at its least ambitious and sexy. Our leading lady had a stitch tattoo. Stitch? The cartoon character from the ludicrously asexual Lilo and Stitch? Wow, now you've completely taken me out of it. Thanks, Amish step-siblings, if that is your real name. I, I ought to call you movie that expects far too much from its audience. <laughs> Another issue, do not introduce a character, especially not an uptight one, if she's never going to get involved in the tomfoolery that is at hand. This lady comes in at several, needless to say, inconvenient moments, gives out to them for sinning, and leaves. She has no arc, she never learns to loosen up, and also does not so much as take off her hat for the entire film. Wasted talent, if you ask me. It was almost impossible to get any alone time, and she was always so disapproving. I thought it was disgusting that Kate and Cody could turn their back on our community. I mean, this place, L.A., it's so awful, smelly, and disgusting. And then there was that awful, embarrassing incident in the living room. So... The siblings escape to L.A. to get away from the dreary and exceptionally dry lifestyles of the Amish, and for some reason this lady comes with them. Why? She has no backstory. Not that I wanted a backstory, I just wanted to see her back, but still. There is no outcome to any of this. 
At this stage of the movie, I'm getting nowhere near to excitement. I'm confused, and confusion is the opposite of excitement. No, this isn't how... Kate, come on. We've no, got to go. No, here. come on, pack your things. We've got to go. Pack your things, let's go. Come on, we need to go. You're staying? Yes. No, come on, we need to go. Then, in her third, equally unmemorable moment, the Amish lady tries to break the two up after catching them in the act in the living room. Message to you two rambunctious family members, if you're going to pull a call me by your name on us, try your hand, job, at a little bit more secrecy. The sitting room in broad daylight, I mean, come on, Timothy Chalamet would not approve. Then the rest of the film starts to really get going. The duo both wear the colour red, which they match with one another beautifully, wonderfully demonstrating the connection that going against their religion has brought them. The leading lady did have an inspirational quote tattooed in her back that I refuse to read to avoid further cringing. However, I could not get into this visibly enchanting and breathtaking romance. You know why? Because, as I mentioned, the film failed in its execution. Its beginning did not properly invest me into their situation. Instead, it had me rolling my eyes at sorry attempts at parodying, ugh, this is Spinal Tap, I guess, or Modern Family would be more closely linked, I suppose, though they unfortunately never mingled on that show. Its jarring use of the mockumentary style suggested its writer was far more interested in making us laugh at this couple's expense rather than feel for their heartache as they struggle and try at all costs to make things work out. Only, in the end, for things to, well, actually, for things to completely work out, and not through a huge amount of effort either. They just get told off by the Amish lady a few times, but that's it. She doesn't even try to stop anything. She just walks in, says, I disapprove, and then goes on her way. It seems an aspiring comedy writer decided to try his hand at a real creative medium for once, and by God, was it not laughable. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, no, 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 it was, it was not laughable. My whole point was that it was not funny, so that doesn't work. Okay, um, think, Reggie, think. Um, where are you going with this? Oh, oh I, I have it. It was laughable, but not funny. No, no, that that doesn't work either. No, it makes no sense. Oh, oh, okay. It was laughable, but not in a good way. Yes, not in the way it was trying. <laughs> in the way it was striving for. Yes, yes, I was laughing at it, but not with it. Yes, that's good. One of those will work. I'll tweak it in post. I'm fairly sure I know how to tweak audio. Well, we'll find out. Right then, that's about all I have to say about Amish step-siblings. Amish say I was not impressed. <laughs> you see what I did there? Funnier than the whole bloody film. <clears throat> While I had some truly earth-shattering moments and parts that rendered my soul strucken, its execution let it down so highly, not to mention its use of comedy. Ugh. Oh, the word still strickens me. It obsessed me to have to rate a piece of art so low, but I... <sighs> I will only be able to give Amish step-siblings a 4.6 out of a possible 5 stars.
I know. I'm sorry. Give it a watch, though. It's got some pretty standout moments, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, no, no, I'm sorry. Now is not the time for laughter. You know what? 4.7. Yes, 4.7. <clears throat> Tune in next time, where I'll be taking a deep dive into My Sexy Teacher. Now that's a title sure to make a buzz. <laughs>